got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here. I'm back. I'm here and I'm ready because we got a great show lined up for you today. Not only are we going to be talking about the Bitcoin price, technical analysis, on-chain analysis, and fundamental analysis as always, but we're also going to be joined by George over from the Cryptos R Us channel. George, I am George. We are all George. And today we are going to be talking with George a little bit later on the show. We'll be bringing him on around 1030. I think he just finished up his live stream and he'll be jumping on here in a little bit. We've got a lot of great things to talk about today. We're going to talk about the recent bounce on Bitcoin coin's price. As you know, we're currently sitting around $41,500. We're also going to be talking about how the first spot ETF in the history of Australia is going live next week and the implications that that may have on the Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency markets. We're going to talk about the precedent that that sets for other first world governments to accept and adopt spot ETFs of Bitcoin of their own. We're going to talk about how Australia is a relatively regulatory strict country, so it's interesting that they would be adopting this before a nation like the United States or some of the other first world nations out there, the English speaking nations. So that's something that we're going to look at. We're going to look at the real estate, the real estate space, how it's grown a lot and how crypto is affecting that. We're also going to talk about how thousands of Bitcoin flow uh, flowed out of Coinbase as well as we're entering a buying spree for this season. We have a lot to talk about. It's going to be a great show. I'm back. I wasn't here yesterday because my wife was very ill and uh, today she's still not feeling great. But luckily I was given the clear to go ahead and come to work and I'm going to be running home just as soon as we're done to make sure she's okay. So shout out to Sarah. I love you very much, baby. And I'll be back in a minute if she's watching. I am joined as always by my lovely co-host, T.A. Tam. How you doing, Tam? Lovely. What's, lovely. Uh, what's up? I have to make a public apology. Uh, Jeb, you know what I did yesterday? What'd you do yesterday? Uh, Super Chat asked if we could look at Chainlink. Oof. And I uh, did VeChain. Oof. So, That's rough. Uh, <laughs> I went back and watched afterwards. You know, Link, the, the it linked me to the wrong coin. So my that's my I've public that. apology, everybody. I've done that. I'm so sorry. I don't know if you've ever done this, but have you ever done technical analysis on US dollar tether? I've I've never. I did that two years in a row. You know what day I did it on? April 1st. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, all planned. People 1st. thought I was stupid, but it was all planned. It was part of the joke, and everybody thought I was just a really bad animal. I know, okay? It's a stable coin. I get it. Thank you very much. We're also joined, as always, by Smay, who is a freaking trooper and fixed the computer yesterday. How you doing, man? <laughs> Woo! I fixed the computer, guys! Woo! Um, anyways, uh, I'm a little bit lighter today, as you can see. I shaved. I don't like it. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like it. But uh, I miss your it, beard. It, yeah, me too. Me too. I feel like I look like I look like the guy from episode two in Star Wars says, Kenobi. <laughs> well, but anyways, I would like to read some green sand. names. Uh, I like to gr- read some green names. That makes me feel better about this horrible shave. Uh, we have Crypto Set Guy, Elliot Locke, Wind Peoples. Who else we got here? We got Crypto JMP, Sultan of Salt, Agent Gold. Oh, my gosh. All these great people. Crypto Couple. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 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 uh. Who else? Uh, Crypto Smitty. Oh, oh, I need to find more names. Groovy. Oh, I need to find more names. Uh, 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 Grand Roofing Incorporated. Brad Geidel. Oh, my gosh. Christopher Malvo. Why are you loud? I don't know. I'm uh, uh, Crypto AI. Oh, my gosh. So many names. Terran Crypto. I love all you guys. Back to you, Jeb. Why are you loud? That's the question. Uh, and it's also a member. So shout out to you, my friend. Guys, we got a great show lined up for you. I'm really, really 
really looking forward to it. There's a third one in there. I had to find it. What we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and jump on over to CoinMarketCap, and we'll look at Chainlink here for just a second. It's up 6.54% over the last 24 hours, sitting at rank number 23, sitting at a $14.32 premium. And if we look at the last three months, you can see that it is more or less trading sideways. We might look at this a little bit more later, but for right now, just know Chainlink is in a pretty big uh, correction from its all-time high sitting up around $52. I think Chainlink is one of the most powerful, most important layer twos in the industry. It's built on top of Ethereum, and, and it has a, it has the ability to really bring a lot of uh, off-chain data on-chain. It's something called an Oracle chain, so it's very helpful for that. And without Chainlink, you would not be able to have many of the other protocols in the cryptocurrency space operate. That's one of the reasons that I own Chainlink, so I'm very thankful for the project. I think it's going to do very well. As far as Bitcoin's concerned, as you know, we'll jump to the chart first, and then we'll come back to CoinMarketCap. We dropped briefly below $40,000 yesterday, dropping as low as $38,600. A lot of people are very concerned about this. We're going to get into the technical analysis a little bit later. I just want to give you a visual for what, I'm, what we're about to talk about, and then we're going to dive into the TA. We dropped down to about $38,500. There's a lot of concern about that because we just set a lower low below the low that we set on the low of April the 11th. You see what we did there? It's a lower low, and we don't like seeing that because that means we're potentially in a downtrend, but we also look like we're setting a new higher high. So we're going to break down what all of that means. It's looking like a megaphone pattern is for we're going to talk about all of that. Bitcoin sitting over three quarters of a trillion dollars. That is an important level that we should keep in mind as analysts. All of our levels of support and resistance don't just show up on the chart. They don't just show up on the price action. They also show up in things like the market capitalization, the market dominance, and the volume metrics. So when we're seeing Bitcoin sitting at $786 billion, that means that we're above the support of three quarters of a trillion dollars, but it also means that we're above the support of $40,000. So that means that Bitcoin is sitting pretty right now. It is healthy. We just want to know, is this downtrend that's been in place since the end of March going to continue or is it going to continue to, or is it going to reverse and we're going to bounce to the upside? That's the question we'll be discussing in today's technical analysis segment. We're also going to look at Ethereum here sitting at $3,100. It dropped below $3,000 briefly yesterday is sitting just above a third of a trillion dollars binance coin one dollar and 59 cents higher am i right no i'm joking i'm not a fan of that but it is a funny number we can see cardano sitting at 95 cents avalanche sitting perfectly at 80 it used to be above 100 dollars. it's doing pretty well for itself but let's go ahead and jump on in here to technical analysis we're going to talk a lot about you know, manipulation and uh, the spot ETF and, and different things with George. But I really want to dive into some technical analysis here and try and run through some of these articles before we bring George in so that we're able to really go in the direction that he would like to go. We're all George. Make sure to hit that like button, by the way, if you have not already. Before we jump into the TA, I do have an announcement to make. As you guys know, Club DeFi launched in a closed beta a couple of weeks ago. That is now live for the first 200 members. I just want to update you guys because most of our very much diehard fans who are in that first 200 uh, member phase are probably wondering what's going on right now. There is a payment processor issue with PayPal on the back end. Everything on our side is working. PayPal is giving us trouble with processing payments right now. So if you're not able to get into Club DeFi, even though you're part of the 200 that are allowed in Club DeFi, I want you to know that we're working feverishly on it. We're putting everything else aside, so uh, everything else aside that we can that doesn't hinder the channel, that is, so that we can fix this. It is a plug-in issue on PayPal's side. To the best of my knowledge, it's not on our side. We're working on it. This is why we launched in beta. We've never built a product this 
massive, but we have thousands of people that want to sign up right now, and we're making sure that everything's working properly so that we don't, you know, let you guys into a product that's going to give you trouble. We want to make sure that it's running smoothly. If you don't know what Club DeFi is, it is if you don't know what Club DeFi is, it is the service, it is the subscription, it is the membership, and it is the place that you are about to be able to go to to learn everything you need to know about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, technical analysis, fundamental analysis, on-chain analysis, mining, all these different things. We are going to dominate the education space and the cryptocurrency space because we firmly believe that if we put you ahead of our own profit, then you guys will succeed. And if you succeed, we in partnership can succeed together. It is in closed beta right now, but get hyped for that full release. It'll be coming in a few months. Anyway, Tim, do you have any thoughts on that before we jump in? No, you said it great. Cool. All righty. Well, let's go ahead and jump on to Bitcoin. Like I said, we're going to run through this relatively quickly. We want to make sure that we uh, uh, get through as much as we can before we bring George on so that we can fully invest in that discussion. Right now, Bitcoin is in a downtrend and has been ever since the 28th of March. It is currently in a rally over the last 24 hours. You can see it has pumped all the way from 38,600 to where it sits now at 41,600. This is an encouraging movement because if you scroll the channel, if you scroll the, the, um, if you scroll the day back just 24 hours, then the chart looked like this. This is the chart that you saw on yesterday's Coffee and Crypto. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch yesterday's episode because I was, you know, doing stuff. I was taking care of Sarah and whatnot. But the fact is, it did not look very encouraging 24 hours ago. 24 hours ago, we were in a falling trading channel that was a continuation pattern of this downtrend. And if you were to do an extrapolation of this price target, you would see it pointing to $33,000. So that's not a very encouraging sign. But luckily, if we scroll forward, we can see that the market has actually bounced a little bit as of late. Now, the concerning thing that I'm looking at here is the fact that we do have a lower low on the chart. You can see the first low that we set back here on April the 12th and April the 11th was at 39,300. The more recent one was down here below 39,000, bottoming out at 38,600. That is a lower low. Now, the good news is we are still seeing these lows form in this zone of support that I drew like last Tuesday, I think it was, and that's important. We want to see this zone of support um, uh, maintained, and if you don't know where this is coming from, it's coming from uh, $40,000 being the top, and then uh, and then the VPVR maximum uh, at the bottom. If we scroll out, you can see the, bo- the the VPVR maximum for the last couple of years is sitting at this level. Uh, the last year is sitting at this level, right around $38,800. So that's where that zone comes from. I'm not just you know making that up. That is actually a technically valid zone. So it's a good thing we bounced there. But we did get very close to penetrating all the way through it and, br- and breaking to the downside. So one of the things that I am a little bit concerned about is the fact that we are seeing these lower lows. Now, the saving grace here is that on multiple different time frames, we're actually seeing RSI divergence. As you can see, we have lower lows right here, but we have higher lows on the RSI. Tim, you talk a lot about RSI divergence. Can you tell us a little bit about whether or not that is an encouraging metric? And if so, where do you think it leads us? At the moment, the daily chart is clean. You know, with the daily chart, there's a lot going on here. Because of this little downfall we had, we've cleared ourselves a little bit of space. It's the four hourly chart that I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. The four hourly chart, are you on my screen now, Sme? Sweet, you guys can see right here, we're up now at 63, 64. And you guys know, you don't have to worry about RSI, the number itself, until you start getting closer to 70. That's what's kind of talking about being oversold. But it's the divergence that I'm a little concerned about. If the pumpamentals is something that's gonna take over, which absolutely it could, uh, then we have a little bit more to go. But this point right here, I talked about it last week, 43,300. Look where that point is right there. I need this RSI level 
to uh, sorry, I need the price to get back above 43 to set a new higher high. Otherwise, all we're doing is setting up really good looking bearish RSI divergence. What is that? It's where the price is going down. So even though we're up right now and we're higher than these points right here, we're still below this level. As long as we stay below this level and the RSI is increasing, that's that's strong bearish RSI divergence, or sorry, it's hidden bearish RSI divergence, which is a continuation of the downside. And we'll talk about sentiment and what's happening in the market with, uh, with stories a little bit later, because I also have a thought on that. But as far as the technicals are, are concerned, there's a lot of good things happening, but this one on the RSI is concerned to me. The other one, and I'll throw it back to you in just a second, Jeb, is the Bollinger Bands. We're overextended. Now, this can keep going to the upside, and that's why I talk about the Pumpamentals. Pumpamentals will send it way overextended, but just so you know, when you get crazy overextended on Bollinger Bands, due to Pumpamentals, sometimes there's also a hard crash, just like if you eat a candy bar, uh, you get a little bit of energy, or you drink an energy, energy drink, you get a little bit of energy, and then there's a crash that comes after. Same thing. If we get crazy overextended on those Bollinger Bands to the upside, Sometimes that's followed by a hard crash after. We got to keep our eyes on what's happening there. Absolutely. So the short-term time frame right now is a little bit in question, but I want to back it up to the daily chart so that we make sure we're maintaining our perspective. We talk about this quite a bit. We absolutely have to make sure that we are not, you know, zooming in so far that we're not, uh, we're, that we're not paying attention to what's going on on the longer-term time frames. Not to mm -hmm. say that that's what Tim was doing at all, but there's a few things that are encouraging here because yes, we are in a downtrend. Yes, this is technically still a bear flag that points to thirty-three thousand dollars. But let me just just paint the bullish picture as well. If we look at the Bollinger Bands on the daily chart, for example, you can see we actually got overextended on them right now, and we're trying to bounce up here to the 20 moving average. If we look at the 20 exponential moving average, you can see that we're just below it. So if we're able to break above $42,000, because 42 is the answer to the life, universe, and everything, we did know that, didn't we? Then we can see Bitcoin potentially start going into a new rally, because one of the trend confirmations that we look for is whether or not we're above or below the 20 daily exponential moving average. On top of that, I would also point out that I think it's encouraging that we're now starting to see proper trends form. For the entirety of the month of January, I'm, excuse, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, for the entirety of the month of February and most of the month of March, there was not a clear trend. We were trading sideways. Now, even though the trend is up and then down, at least we have a clear trend. As you can see, all of this was above the 20 EMA instead of going up and down and above and below it. All of this is below it. That gives me confidence that maybe we'll have a, a confident trend next time if we're able to break above the 20 daily exponential moving average. On top of that, if we look at Lux Algo, Lux Algo obviously called this downtrend. It's a very strong trend indicator. It's not a surprise that it did. We saw confirmation right here on April the 10th at $42,800. It would drop all the way to $38,600. Lux Algo came in clutch here. If you guys don't have Lux Algo, you should definitely get it. Use coupon code JEB, J-E-B-B, for 20% off at checkout. Links down below. You're not going to regret it. They do have a refund policy if you decide it's not for you, but check all that out. One thing that Lux Algo did that it does not do very often is it put a red X right here on April the 17th. Now, what is that X? This X is actually a take profit signal. That's what that is. They don't show up very often, but you can see that there was a take profit signal right here at the very top on the 29th of March for you to take profits out of your longs. And then a sell signal came a little bit later. This is an early warning sign that, okay, if the market continues rallying, then we could very well see a buy signal relatively soon. This is not, to be clear, a buy signal. The market can continue going down from here, and that doesn't mean the indicator isn't working. The indicator is working just fine. That's not it uh, making a bad call. It's just saying right here might be a good idea, might be a good time to take some profits on a short. And if you did, then you would have made without leverage 
you would have made a, a negative 13% movement. So if you're if you're shorting, then you would have made a 13% gain. So that's relatively encouraging. A couple more things to point out here on the daily chart is that we're currently about to see a MACD cross to the upside, a bullish MACD cross. We also saw RSI cross above its 14 daily simple moving average right here. That's a pretty important sign. And zooming out, we can see that Bitcoin at the moment is having bullish RSI divergence with higher lows right here and here, and then lower lows right here and right here. So there is some concern on the four hourly chart, but the daily chart's looking pretty solid, especially when you consider that there is a bullish engulfing candlestick formation right here with a long lower shadow indicating that the bulls are in charge. The problem is on the four hourly chart, we are seeing what is going to lead to the next phase of the daily chart. What happens on the four hourly chart leads to what happens on the six hourly chart. What happens on the six hourly chart leads to what happens on the eight hourly chart. It's Etc. So if there's trouble brewing on the four hourly chart, it might not show up on the daily chart yet. So we need to keep an eye on both. But just remember that the longer term technicals, in my opinion, seem to be relatively bullish. What would you say about what, what is your take on the daily chart right now, Tim? No, you're dead on because we talked about it yesterday. Yesterday, I focused way more on the daily chart. And when I say when I say I'm worried, by the way, I'm talking in the mindset. Sometimes I go in the mindset of a trader who's watching things move and they're constantly wanting to get in, get out, swing trading. If you're a swing trader, there is reason for concern. That's why you're looking at the four hourly or the hourly chart. If you're an investor or if you're a more long-term trader, like I know people that do that all the time, they, they like to enter a couple trades a year. Uh, you probably would have entered a little bit ago. But if you're one that trades like, okay, I enter a trade a couple times a week. This is still a good spot, as Jeb just pointed out. We have that strong, or sorry, the hidden bullish RSI divergence, which is a continuation to the upside. The daily chart gives us room to grow. The only thing on the daily chart, what we need to kind of look at, look at that 20 daily SMA continuing to fall to the downside. Is that going to work as a form of uh, resistance right there? Got to keep our eyes on that. I'm also keeping in mind sentiment that's happening in the market now. And again, we'll talk about it here in a little bit. But the concern, like I said, is when you get down to the four hourly chart and even more so the hourly chart, because as Jeb just talked about, the four hour leads to the six, leads to the eight, leads to the 12. Well, same thing, the hourly leads to the two hourly, which leads to the four hourly. If I pull up Luxalgo, there's also something kind of sitting here concerning me about the hourly chart. And that is that we're getting super close on the hourly chart of hitting our uh, reversal zone on Luxalgo. Watch what happens here. We at least move sideways, if not down. Here's an example of moving sideways. But a lot of times these reversal zones will send us back to the downside. Let me see. I think I looked at it on the four hourly chart. The four hourly chart, I think, has a little bit room to grow. Um, come on, now load for me, computer. There we go. We do have a green candle. On the four hour chart, Luxalgo is looking good. So here, this is kind of a mixed bag of situations going on here because there's a couple different indicators disagreeing with each other. Uh, and, and so... As I said, there's probably still some room to the upside due to pumpamentals, due to whatever's happening right now. But there are some things also saying on the technicals and sentiment that would maybe say, hey, let's not get overly uh, confident and FOMO into the market right now. If you purchased, bought right here, if you took a risk down around 38,900, you're sitting really pretty right now. But for those of you sitting on the sidelines saying, is this the time to get in on a trade? There's some evidence to say potentially it'll still go up from here, but there's enough evidence to say hold your horses real quick. There might be some some boring action happening coming up next on the hourly and four hourly to make me say this is not a time to enter anything new. If you're in one already, continue to hold. Don't sell, but uh, but I wouldn't enter any new ones either. Absolutely. Well, guys, let us know what you think in the chat. Where do you think the market is heading next? And have you hit that like button yet? Let's see if we can get the likes of 750 here in the next couple of minutes. We have over 2,000 people watching. Thank you very much for tuning in. If 
If you're new here, then make sure that you subscribe to the channel and hit that post notification bell because we're going live five days a week, posting seven days a week content about the Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency markets. Not only about how to become a better analyst, but also the character traits that you need to learn to become that better analyst because just because you have all the great tools does not mean that you're a master carpenter. It takes experience and we want to show you how to gain that experience through our breadth of knowledge, our experience, and also most importantly, the community that we're building here at the CryptoJeb team. This is not just about me anymore. This is way bigger than me. It always has been. So just keep that in mind. This is not just the CryptoJeb channel. This is the CryptoJeb community. It's not all about me, even though my name's on the channel. So make sure that you, uh, make sure you join our community. Make sure you check out the membership and make sure you check out Club DeFi. Like I said, it is in closed beta right now, but get hyped because when that thing launches, Boy, we got some really good feedback from everybody in there. I was in the site a minute ago. It looks amazing. I cannot wait for you guys to jump. Man, I am just so pumped. We've been working on this thing for over a year and a half, and it is going great. We got one issue with the payment processor, and it's PayPal's fault, not ours. Just want to be clear on that. So we are working on that. Anyway, want to go ahead and run through a couple of things before we read some super chats, and then we're going to bring George in here in about 10 minutes. Thousands of Bitcoin flow out of Coinbase as whales enter buying spree for this good reason. Now, this is pretty interesting. There is a spike of Bitcoin outflow. 64,233 Bitcoin have been pulled out of crypto exchanges since March 28th. $2.57 billion worth of Bitcoin has been scooped up by investors and pulled out of the circulating supply. You can see the chart right here pulled from Glassnode. We saw it drop substantially, significantly. We're talking like 3 to 5% of all crypto on exchanges started dropping. And notice the correlation here. The moment we started seeing these major drops of crypto off exchange, the market went into a big rally. We saw the same thing happen back here between August of 21 to October of 21. Major sharp correction from 2.7 million Bitcoin down to just over 2.5 million Bitcoin on exchanges. And during that time, we saw Bitcoin rally from 2.5 million. I'm sorry, not 2.5 million. I wish Bitcoin was at 2.5 million. We'd all be doing a lot better than we already are, and we're already doing very well. Rallied from back here when it was around 39,000 up to, I believe that was about $52,000, if I remember correctly. We can look at the chart back here. The point is during this time, 53,000, the point is during this time when Bitcoin was doing this, the exchange balance was doing that. And we're seeing the exact same thing happen right here. When the market did this, the exchange balance did that. So the fact is, looking at how much Bitcoin and crypto on exchanges is not necessarily a short-term metric, but it does have the application of a short-term metric. The real point of it is to see how many people are hodling rather than trying to trade or get out of the market quickly. So it's a long-term metric because it is it does have to do with the long-term hodler ratio, but it also gives us some short-term data, and it does give us the confidence in the bulls. You can also see the exchange reserves on Coinbase Pro dropped substantially as people pulled out massive amount of Bitcoin. We have seen many thousands of uh, many thousands of Bitcoin move from exchanges. Tim, how important is it to look? Because we talk about this all the time. I want to make sure we're not, you know, we don't have a blind spot here. How important is it for us to look at the inflows and outflows of exchanges, and why? Well, this is telling you how much liquid versus illiquid supply we have. So we talked about this last week. We're not at the floor, but what we're seeing right now, the charts, we can still, we still have some volatility go up and down. I easily think we still could go down to 30,000 and not be at that floor just yet, but the floor keeps rising. And what I mean by that is when you hear people saying things like we're going to go drop down to, I've heard people say as low as 10,000, right? That's not going to happen. And the reason why is because we have so much illiquid supply going on and it's continuing 
continuing to be moved from being liquid to illiquid. That's the outflow of exchanges. Uh, it's it's raising the floor, and this is the confidence in Bitcoin just going up and up and up and up. And so the importance of this is people not only are saying I like Bitcoin, they're saying I want to put it in my own keys, in my own wallet, so that I have control of it. No one can touch it. This is mine. I'm not about to sell it. Uh, when we see outflows back on exchanges, now that's people potentially saying, hey, it's time to take some profit. I'm going to sell a little bit of it. But seeing it come off, every single time in history we see flows like this happen, a, a rally is coming. It doesn't mean it's happening today or tomorrow, but a rally is coming. The question is when, not if. Absolutely. So before we go into a period of reading Super Chats, I want to ask May what his take is on this. May, do you think this little bounce that we've seen in the last day and a half is going to be able to be sustained, or are we going down to 30, as everybody is accusing Tim of saying? Um, I, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I think it's going down to 39. And then it'll go back up. Okay. Why do you think it's going to drop first? Uh, because I feel like there's, I think people are going to get, you know, I almost think of it like when you ha- you're holding an egg, right? I think people are going to get so excited about it that they squeeze it and then it pops. Okay. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen. Okay. Okay, what what are your thoughts on that, Tim? I yeah, I, I see the chat. People are uh, people don't love it. it. Here's the thing. I wish I could say we're going to sixty thousand tomorrow, and then after that, a hundred thousand. And that's not how it works. That's not how the market works. And just pumping out hopium for people is not how you actually set them up for success. Right. And I'm not saying I'm guaranteeing a 30,000. What I'm saying is when I watch what's happening on the charts, when I watch what's happening in the fundamentals, when I watch what's happening in the sentiment in the market, we're in a spot right now, as I talked about yesterday, I heavily believe we're in a season of manipulation, right? So we've had so many bullish things happening over this last weekend and yet the price dropped. And we're rallying back now, which is great. But I've also watched the articles, and we've talked about this before, and some of you trade this way. It's actually a great trading strategy. When I see a lot of bullish articles, sell. When I see a lot of bearish articles, buy. What have we seen a lot of today? A lot of bullish articles. What did we see happen over the weekend? A lot of bullish articles. What did we see happen yesterday and the day before? A lot of bearish articles. What's happening is this is a season of manipulation. And so just because we're seeing bullish things happen on the technicals, bullish things happening in the fundamentals, doesn't always mean that we're going to see an uptick in price. In fact, what we need to see is absolute factual adoption. And while we've seen stories talk about it, and we've heard a lot of rumors that things are coming, nothing has quite yet happened. And there's still a lot of pressure from the Fed because we still know the power of the US dollar and the inflation rate. Getting the interest rates to go higher is gonna put a lot of bearish pressure on it. And we're gonna talk more with George about that. But what I'm seeing is, is I'm just watching this and saying, guys, I believe in Bitcoin and we are going up and to the right. But guess what happens before you go up and to the right? It dips so that these institutions and whales who have been manipulating the price so they can get as much supply as possible, they're going to try to FOMO you in at the wrong moment so they can FUD you out and get their price they want and then go up. It's not that I don't believe in Bitcoin and that I want us to go down. It's that I'm expecting it because that's what we've always seen before. We're about to read some super chats and we're going to bring on our guest, George from Cryptos R Us. Make sure you hit that like button and subscribe to the channel if you're new here. But I just want to give you a brief reminder because I think it's important that we're always keeping this in mind. Bitcoin was created to solve one of the most powerful. Bitcoin is the world's first and because it's the first most powerful solution to one of society's biggest problems, which is that of 
financial sovereignty doesn't exist. It does not exist. If you don't know what financial sovereignty is, it is a concept that we came up with, that we coined, where we don't have control. And by saying we, I don't mean us at the team. I'm talking about we as a nation, as a society, as a world, don't have control of our currencies. We don't have control over whether or not our currencies get inflated. We don't have control over our financial institutions. They have control over us. It is our money, but as my civics teacher in seventh grade once said, you really don't own anything. It's all on loan to you by the government because they only allow you to maintain it. We desire something called financial sovereignty, which is us having the power and the wealth in our own hands. So hashtag Fensov, let me see it in the chat. What we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and bring on George. George, thank you very much for joining the stream today. We're very excited to bring you on. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, Job. Thanks for having me on. Today's a, today's a good day. Good yeah. day to talk crypto. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, the market is bouncing. As you know, it rallied about you know $2,000 over the last 24 hours. Before we jump into everything having to do with, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, Australian spot ETF, if you don't mind. Um, but can you just give the audience a quick uh, rundown of, of who you are and your channel and everything? Introduce yourself, and then let's talk a little bit about price to start off with. Uh, sure. Well, uh, I think uh, I think most people have heard my story before, but you know, I came into the space 2013 to 2014. Started uh, mining one of my favorite altcoins, Litecoin, at the time, um, and then came back in at 2017. Um, you know, after uh, after getting scared of uh, crypto winter, I got scared out of that 2014 to 2016 phase, but came back in 2017, realized my mistake and you know what? I decided to go all in on crypto, all in on Bitcoin, start my channel. And now we are here fast forward to 2022. Um, and things are looking much better than before, stronger than ever. That's amazing. You have a very lo you have a very long tenure in Bitcoin and crypto. You've actually been here longer than I have. I got in in July uh, July thirty first of twenty seventeen. For the one person who's not already George, I just wanted you to go ahead and share a little bit, uh, guys. Before we even get started with it, make sure you go and subscribe to his channel, Cryptos R Us on YouTube. I believe we have that link in the description. If we don't, hopefully we can add it there. Yes, we do. It's at the top of the description. Make sure to go and subscribe to him. Follow him on Twitter, and you're about to find out why. Because our conversation is going to be great. It's always great to talk to you, George. Let's talk a little bit about price to start off with. You know, Bitcoin is up at forty one thousand. $500, but it's been in this downtrend ever since the 28th of March. We've been trading sideways the whole year. What, what's your take on the current state of Bitcoin? Where do you think we're going You know, this year? Is Bitcoin going to actually resume a major bull market and we'll see $100,000 by the end of the year? No, nothing to pin you to, but just your thoughts on the current state of the market. You know, I, I, I maintain... Um, you know, a lot of people talk about we're in a bear market. I maintain... Uh, I think I think we're in more like a bear trend in a bull market because I look at all all the things that back Bitcoin in terms of the you know the on-chain metrics, the addresses, the the miners, the the buying of course, right? And all the use cases, the adoption, the growth, all that. Everything that 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 backs Bitcoin and everything that supports Bitcoin is going up there's nothing that's indicating that the network is getting weaker. Uh, people are buying less that, you know, number of addresses or miners or hash rate is going down. None of that. It's all going up. Right. So I maintain that Bitcoin is still in a bull market and will continue to be, be in this bull market. 
for, for, for basically forever. I think the old four-year cycle that many people still cling on to, I think that's gone. I think 2021 broke it uh, for, in a good way because of all the, because all the adoption, the institution that came into this space. And not only that, the holders, the holders have gotten stronger too. continue to hold. And uh, I would argue the reason why Bitcoin didn't go further down is because of the holders, right? You have retail people that always come in, FOMO in, and then they panic sell whenever there's up and downs, but the holders continue to hold because they believe, they know Bitcoin is the future. And that is why the number of holders continue to go up. And with, along with everything else, you're seeing you know, the liquid supply go up, the reserves go down, and every single measurable metric for Bitcoin is still on on its upside, it's going up. And that's what I'm focused on. So day to day, week to week, there's a lot of geopolitical macroeconomic stuff going on. We know that, um, you know, the, the war is still ongoing, you know, inflation is still high, you know, rate hikes is still coming, right? What's going to happen to housing markets? Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, right? Everything gets affected. Even something as big as, Gold with a market cap that's 10 times higher than Bitcoin. Gold gets affected too. Nothing is impervious to all these factors at play, right? So sometimes Bitcoin is affected. So that's why falling from, you know, 48,000 down to 41,000, it happens. But it's a very short time frame. You got to focus on the bigger picture and focus on years and not days and weeks. That's how I see it. I think that's very important, and I agree with you on every point you made because, you know, we've said for a long time, I used the phrasing from Dow Theory back in, you know, about 100 years ago, they, they, uh, primary, secondary, and tertiary trends. So the primary trend, obviously, you probably know this, but the, the trends, you know, moving to the upside in the long run, on the order of years, we're in a bull market. I wouldn't say we're in a bear market either, but I would say we're in a secondary downtrend, which you called a bear trend, and I agree with that. And then you have a tertiary movement, like the smaller little movements like we're seeing on the order of a week or two. But how do you... Because you're, you know, you have a channel as well. You, you have, you have, you're a, a, a voice in the cryptocurrency space. You talk to a lot of people. How do you go about explaining to people, no, 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 we're not in a bear market, guys. What we're in right now is a downtrend that's going against the bull market. How do you explain that to somebody who has been in the space less time than, you know, November 16th when this downtrend started, we hit $69,000, or they, somebody that hasn't been in the space for five years like you and I have, or five plus years like you and I have, how do you explain to somebody, no, 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 we're not in a bear market? Everything is going up because the temptation is to say, yeah, well, all your on-chain data is pointing to the upside, but why does the price keep going down? There's a temptation to, you know, not to call anybody out, but kind of to be impatient. I know I struggle with that. What do you say to people when they say, yeah, 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 the data, yeah, okay, whatever, but the price, what, what do you say to that? How do you encourage somebody to say, you know, the price is going to go up eventually, have patience and realize that the price is downstream from, the, from those fundamentals that really drive things? Well, I think um, there's a there's a couple of ways I kind of help people understand. Number one is using myself as an example. I've been labeled like the biggest, you know, crypto bull and sometimes being too bullish. <laughs> and um, I use myself as an example. Um, you know, 2017, I, I said I came back into the space. Bitcoin was at a thousand at a time. You know, I continued uh, I, at that point I started buying again, continued to hold all the way up to 20,000. Right. And the market crashed 
It went from 20,000 down to 3,000 eventually, right? And I continued to hold on, continued DCA. And anyone that watched me at that time, my channel is much smaller. I said the same thing, that we will come back. Bitcoin will become greater, right? And everything that we speculated about how it can disrupt the financial system, the banks, right? And we have this non-sovereign currency that will one day be adopted by countries. All, all, all the stuff that we're seeing now, right? That was rumorville speculation at the time. But I, I made people, you know, at least uh, at the time, you know, focus on these things, right? And even though, yeah, we went from 3,000, 14,000, right back down to 3,800 because of Black Swan event, right? But look at where we are now. You can't dispute that. And this is just within a few years. This is not, we're not talking about 10 years ago. We're not talking about 20 years ago. You know, a lot of guys say, oh, back in my day. No, this is not this is only <laughs> two to three years ago, right? Yeah. So first of all, I use myself example, right? Um, my bullish case has, has come true. Bitcoin has gotten stronger. Everything that we speculated was going to happen did happen. Right. And none of those things are stopping. They're continuing forward. I guess the other the other point I try to make or other points I try to make in terms of making people realize this is, you know, with all the on chain metric stuff, um, you, it's not, you know, unlike unlike some of the other um, I don't know, I, I'm not trying to pick on T.A., but, you know, sometimes T.A. works and sometimes it doesn't. But on chain metrics is is proof. It's facts. When you see the hash rate go up, it's fact. When the addresses go up, it's fact. Transactions go up, fact. Uh, Bitcoin Lightning Network going up 800% of volume. That's facts, right? These are not these are not just guesses. You can prove it, and you can prove the billions that are leaving exchanges. So I use these to back up my thesis that, yeah, we're still in a, a bull market. And let's not forget that... Right now, we, we see the use case for Bitcoin, not just a store value, but as, uh, as a payment network. Look at you know, all the donations that has happened, you know, the hundreds of millions that have been sent to Ukraine. That happened. That's proving Bitcoin's network and how good it is. There's no one in the middle to stop it. People in Ukraine or Ukrainians that may be outside of Ukraine right now, right? They can get money almost instantaneously and cash out like within seconds. Uh, CNBC actually proved that, or well, not seconds, minutes. I think CNBC or one of the networks, you know, one of the reporters sent someone in Poland and they were able to cash out their Bitcoin within three minutes. Wow. I mean, you can't you can't dispute that right so even as a payment network it's it's being shown uh, across the world that yeah it's uh it's it's great it's the greatest network the most secure network that we have right now and in countries where there there is economic uh instability let's just use russia for example the ruble has collapsed 70 percent since the war started what do the russians do Right. How do you protect your money? Well, you could buy something like Bitcoin. And even though Bitcoin has its up and downs, right, it's still better than losing 70 percent within a matter of months. Right. So, I mean, all these things, that's that's what I try to emphasize for new uh, new people coming into the space is look at look at facts, look at what's happening. Right. These can't be disputed. 
and look at myself as example. I think that's so important because what we tend to do when we, whenever we, you know, we, we tend to just be like a horse with blinders on and just tunnel vision on, hey, the price is down today and I don't like that. Instead of, you know, opening, opening up and, and looking at everything, that's why channels like yours are so important because that's something that you're very good at, you know. A good example of why we need the financial sovereignty that Bitcoin provides, because that's what it was founded to do. It was founded to put the power over the currency, the inflation, and the financial systems and institutions back in our hands. That's what it was built to do. That shows up everywhere, especially in the last two and a half years when we've seen massive, massive crisis going on with every single world currency. You see, the U.S. dollar is the winner among winners in the world currencies, and it's losing, you know, reported 8.5% a year. I think that's nonsense. It's probably 20 or 30% a year. You just saw Russia, for example and I'm not getting into the politics of whether this was good or bad, but I'm just telling you it's a fact. They had $600 billion in assets frozen. The ruble, like you said, is down 70%. That's what a sovereign currency will do whenever it comes under fire. It's going to get destroyed, and the Russian people are suffering for that, and I'm not I'm not supporting what the Russian government is doing in Ukraine at all, but the point is the currency is getting destroyed, and that wouldn't happen with Bitcoin. The same thing is happening in Ukraine. Like you said, the banking system is, you know, there's a war going on. What, what are you going to do? Bitcoin, however, is not being impacted in the slide by that it is a constant and is allowing people to maintain their financial sovereignty. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Michael Saylor is who I'm trying to say. Michael Saylor talked about in an interview how Bitcoin is a virus. It is, it, it's so easily spread. You cannot destroy it. It's like trying to destroy every single bacteria in a culture. You're going to kill 99.9% of them, but the one's going to remain and it's going to come back. Bitcoin's the first indestructible network that's ever been created unless you destroy every single electronic and every piece of paper that could have the network history printed on it. So, I think that's very important, and I completely agree with what you said there. People need to realize that there's a lot more than just the price that affects the price. So you talked about on-chain. We do a lot of on-chain analysis. We actually just talked about exchange outflows and the correlation to price. What are some of those on-chain metrics that you like to take a look at? Because as you said, they're facts. You can't dispute them. The number of addresses have gone up. The hash rate's going up. The exchange balance is going down. What are some of your favorites? Well, there's a few that comes to mind. Um, if you look at the holdal wave, I think that's important. Uh, the number of holders is at all time high, higher than it's ever been. And the holdal wave is important because it obviously shows how many people are holding long term. But you'll, you'll see dips throughout the wave. And that's usually when, you know, the market is going up and you have a lot of FOMO. Um, so retail investors, you know, your coworkers, your friends, everyone wants to FOMO in. And that's usually the one the hold the wave goes down because you have a number of new uh, participants, I guess, in the market. Right. But then whenever things get bad, well, they go away and the hold the wave comes back up. But every single cycle we we go through, right, the hold the wave gets a little bit higher and higher and higher because the number of holders increases. So that I think that's important. Also, if you look at liquid supply, you know, liquid supply, I think it's also important, just shows the number of Bitcoins that's off the exchanges, that's held in coal wallets and custodians. Basically, you know, they're, they're not going to go back. Basically, again, belonging to long-term holders, but you also have miners. And it, the game has changed for miners too. They're no longer selling. I mean, mm -hmm. Michael Saylor basically introduced this new method of, of utilizing your Bitcoin as collateral and borrowing against it and utilizing the loans, right? Um, low interest loan and utilizing that to, in his case, to buy more Bitcoin. But the miners, what they're doing with that is to buy more mining machines. So if you look at the charts and, and look at 
the hash power of the miners, the ones that are publicly traded, and you look at where it's anticipated by the end of the year, they're all three, four, five, sometimes seven times higher than where they are now. So they are not stopping. They are, they are buying miners by the boatload right now. And what are they doing? They're mining more Bitcoin and holding all that. So that definitely has effect. There's no need for miners to sell anymore. They could borrow as much money as they want for operations and never need to sell. So basically the 2 million Bitcoins that are left to be mined, we're never gonna see any of that. The miners are keeping all that. And let's not forget the Cash App, PayPal, and and uh, maybe soon Apple Pay. Uh, all these guys, they have to buy Bitcoin to supply to their clients and customers too. So there's no new Bitcoins. That That's what I'm trying to argue. There's no new Bitcoins. Everyone's fighting for what exists now. And we know um, millions have been lost over the years too. So we can't even really account for that. Um, but yeah, liquid supply is also important. And, and you have a lot of other ones, more complex ones. But like you said, just look at the exchange net flow, right? That is a telling story. When the reserves on exchanges continue to drop, right? <laughs> They're dropping and dropping and they continue to drop. That's going to have effect too. That means people are buying, right? So you, you add all these things together and there's even more metrics I can't even think off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. They're all showing that there is increased buying and increased holding. So think about it, right? When you have more holders and more buyers, what does that mean? The supply is decreasing and demand is increasing. And with anything, any kind of asset, when the demand increases, supply decreases, that equals the price going up. And over time, that's what we're going to see. We're going to see Bitcoin eventually hit 100,000, maybe even by the end of this year. Then we're going to see it go to 200,000 and a million someday. But throughout these years, we'll see up and downs. We'll see declines. We can have temporary corrections. We could have bear trends. But the overall thesis is Bitcoin is going to go a lot higher. So that's something that we talk about on the channel sometimes. I call it the intrinsic value gap. The intrinsic value of Bitcoin continues to push higher because, as you said, you know, uh, the miners are hodling. The you need more money. All, all of these custodians are taking in more Bitcoin so that they can have liquidity. You have more uh, more people holding. You have um, uh, regulatory clarity coming in. All these things that are making the intrinsic value, the underlying value, whatever Bitcoin really should be worth, go up. It's not a number. You can't quantify that, but it is qualitative. Things are continuing to improve. Let me ask you this: If Bitcoin is continuing to get more and more and more intrinsically valuable, but the price is trading sideways. Does that mean that the the longer we go sideways, the stronger the movement to the upside is going to be because we have we have ground to make up? Why? How? What do you tell? Because we've talked a lot about the long term. We've talked a lot about the macro, but let's zoom in for a second on the price. And then I want to ask about the spot ETF in, in Australia. What do you tell the person who is so focused on the short term? And they're saying, okay, yes, but when is the Bitcoin price finally going to move? Because I understand all of this on-chain. I understand all the fundamentals. I understand all the metrics. But hasn't that been the case for the last four months that Bitcoin's been trading sideways? Are we just so overvalued at $69,000 in November that we're really where we should be right now? Or were we where we should have been at $69,000 and now we're so massively undervalued that when we do shoot up, it's going to be massive? What's holding the market down right now if those fundamentals are so powerful as we both say they are? Well, uh, it's important to remember 
all, most of the big buys that's happening right now is done through the OTC market. And, and this is the one concept most people do not understand. The OTC market, you think about it, it's just a trade between two people. Right. And on an institutional uh, on an institutional side, I guess it's just a guess between two institutions. Basically, the best way to think about it is, hey, if if I offered you, hey, Jeb, I want to buy a thousand bitcoins at forty one thousand. Right. So let's just agree to that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, OK, I'll sell it to you as a transaction. It's done. It's not done on Binance. It's not done on Coinbase. It's not done on any exchanges. This is off the order books. The price that we see right now, $41,600, is basically what the order book is saying, what people are willing to pay for a Bitcoin, right? And it fluctuates because of all the trades. But OTC market is not like that. And the big boys that are buying the billions, they don't want... Bitcoin's price to go up when they're buying, right? That would be stupid. They want to buy as much as they can at a set price. That's why they continue to buy OTC market, which is why a lot of people don't understand this concept. So a lot of times when I show there are a lot of buys, like, so why doesn't price go up? It's because they're doing the OTC market, okay? But you got to figure at some point, the OTC market is going to dry up, right? Why? Well, think about it. Who's going to continue to sell Bitcoin at a designated price when it's in an uptrend and continues to go up? Eventually, it's going to dry up and, you know, there's not going to be billions upon billions available for sale. Right. But short term, uh, you know, I just want to make that point real quick. Short term, you also have a lot of whale manipulation. Okay, there are bad actors or you could argue they're not bad actors. They just know how to manipulate the weak hands, the paper hands. When they make a trade, and many times it's on a derivative exchange with leverage, they could utilize a million dollars worth of Bitcoin and multiply it to $10 million because of leverage. And they do that on the exchanges, purposely affecting the books. And they could drive things up or down. And of course, because there are many that tried to leverage and they'll put in a 20, 50, 100x leverage, a lot of them gets liquidated if the price goes down just even a little bit, right? So there are bad actors or actors in general, I call them whales, most people do, uh, that can affect day to day. And they do this because they want things to go lower so they can accumulate more. They know how to affect the the paper and weak hands, the ones that just come into the space and then they see, oh, I'm down 5%, I better sell, right? They drive those people out and we'll go see a lot of that. And we have seen a lot of it. We'll probably go see more of that in the future, but this is all temporary. So you look at, yeah, you mentioned four months. So what? Expand your horizon, look at a year, look at two years, look at five years. Mm -hmm. I tell people this Bitcoin is not for it's not for people that are looking to make a million bucks overnight. It's not that you can't. Bitcoin is an investment. It's not a it's not a trade. People who come into the space trying to trade Bitcoin, trying to time top or bottom will lose. How you win at Bitcoin is by buying and holding it for years. That is how you win. Okay. So people are coming in expecting to make quick money right away, like become a millionaire overnight. 
they're doing it wrong and you can't do it with Bitcoin. So if people are expecting that with Bitcoin, then they, they're coming in with the wrong mindset. So I try to make them aware of that. Um, but bottom line is this, there are whale manipulations. And I mentioned about all the geopolitical macroeconomic factors. There are legitimately traders, Wall Street traders and general traders that are trying to outsmart the market, try to be very reactive. And with their movement, it can bring things down. But again, this is all short term. And Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin, you know, at times will be affected, but there are other times, you know what, it just continues on and mm. and it leaves everyone in the dust. And I do believe a moment like that is near. Mm. Absolutely. I think that's really, I think that's very insightful. And I think as you talked about mindset's really important. A lot of people think that it's all about the on-chain, it's all about the technicals, it's all about the market, but actually we're the ones doing the trading, we're the ones doing the investing. So we also have to invest in ourselves and make sure that, as you said, we broaden our horizons. Let me ask you one more question and then we're gonna have to go here. The uh, the Australian government, as you, as you know, um, uh, approved a Bitcoin ETF and is getting the green light for next week. There is a lot of news coming out about this and you know, people have been looking for a spot ETF for Bitcoin. I'm sure you remember back in 2018, uh, what was it? Van Eck was trying to get a Bitcoin ETF approved. They kept getting denied. Uh, people have been trying to get ETFs approved for a long time. The Winklevoss twins, I remember in August of 2018, they were trying to get one approved with Gemini. That didn't work out. We've been looking for a United, uh, U.S. Bitcoin spot ETF for a long time. It looks like Australia might be moving in the, right, in the right direction there. What do you think this means for the rest of the world adopting spot ETFs? And what's your opinion on spot ETFs? You know, Data Dash Nicholas Merton was talking in 2017 about how a Bitcoin spot ETF would send it to the moon. It would send it to $100,000 overnight, more or less. What is this overhyped? Was this more important five years ago than it is now? Should we be talking about spot ETFs? What, what are your thoughts here? Uh, I think back in 2017, everything was overhyped, yeah. right? Like um, a lot of speculation of what what will come. And a lot of those things have come, not, not 100%, but we're starting to see you know, a lot of uh, things happen. Um, you know, we do have a Bitcoin spot ETF already in Canada from Purpose and CoinShares, and there's a few others. There's like three or four of them, right? And I do think they made good impact on on Bitcoin because these fund managers have to buy Bitcoin whenever people buy into the shares, right? And the number of Bitcoins have been going up. In fact, there are metrics that show even Purpose's Bitcoin ETF has added more Bitcoin, despite the fact that Bitcoin's price has gone down, which shows, again, there are a lot of people buying, right? So I think spot Bitcoin ETFs are good. The one in Australia, I believe it's also by purpose that's coming next week, will be good. A lot of Australians love crypto and Bitcoin. So you have people that will buy in the general average stock holders, traders, they'll buy in, institutions will buy in, right? There's still a lot of reasons why institutions just don't buy Bitcoin itself because they have to worry about storing it. Mm -hmm. And there's uh, regulatory concerns and accounting things that, that make things messy. So what they rather do is just buy a share, right? Um, a Bitcoin ETF in this, in this case. So I do think it's going to be good overall. Um, we're seeing a lot more of that 
around the world. There's also other products called ETNs or ETPs. I mean, there's a lot of exchange trade of products that's following Bitcoin's footsteps, but we want the ones that actually have direct correlation with Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And if a Bitcoin ETF opens up in the US, most likely it will be Grayscale's Bitcoin Trust converted to an ETF because they hold 600,000 plus Bitcoins. It just makes the most sense that they would be the first ETF. Um, I think it will be good. I think it will be tremendously good. Maybe the news itself is not going to shoot Bitcoin up to 100,000 overnight. But if we're in this uptrend, right, and we're coming up to 50,000 and 60,000 soon, it could definitely carry the wave to 100,000. Maybe not overnight, but it would definitely help with all the money coming in. So I, I think overall it's it's going to be good for the industry. But just to throw this out there, ETFs can also go in reverse too. Right now we're seeing, you know, the 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 long ETFs. Yeah. Later on, we may see negative, you know, the short ETFs, right? So it could go both ways. But right now, because of because of our trend, I believe our long-term trend is still upwards. Most people are still trying to get in at this time because they know it's still early. Even Bitcoin at 41,000 is still so early. Look at the market cap. Bitcoin is hardly, barely, it barely crossed 1 trillion at one point in time. It's still under 1 trillion. And you compare that to all other financial or commodities or financial instruments out there or ETS or funds, whatever, it's still so small. And um, I believe that, yeah, people will FOMO in and it's going to carry Bitcoin higher. And at some point when Bitcoin tops out, that's when we'll probably see some of these, you know, inverse ETFs come out. Yeah, I completely agree with you on all that, George. I think it's a I, I think it's a very big deal because, as you said, these companies and institutions, unless they're really big time getting into Bitcoin, they don't want to deal with the custody and all the tax and, and the accounting stuff. Before we go, I want to throw it to Tim really quickly because I think he has well, something to add. Well, no, I think informationally, George, that was so helpful. It's great to have you on. I wish we could be here for a lot longer. We might run very slightly over what we usually do because we ended 11. But I wanted to ask you, George, because I don't know how often you're able to watch the show, but every Tuesday we predict what we think Bitcoin is going to be on Friday. It's oh, just yeah. a little game between us. Kelly got his vote in. I have my vote. Smay is his. We went on Jeb's. Would you like to participate in our little game? Or what you also could do is just say, you know what? I don't want to make a guess, but I want to vote on whose I like the best uh, at the end of it. Uh, what, what, what did you guys guess so far? Well, so we have, we're about to announce that. So that's what we're going to do. So you can either play along or you can just let the audience know who you think is going to win. I'll leave that one up to you. No pressure. You know what? Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a guess out there. Okay. Um, so, by the way, it's it's we're gonna announce it Friday at ten fifty five. So it doesn't matter what the price is at ten fifty three. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what the price is at ten fifty seven. Ten fifty five is when we announce the winner. Eastern, so, that is. Yeah, Eastern. Yeah, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I'm gonna throw my guess at forty four five for Friday. Wow. Okay. I guess I have to go next because yeah, you guys next. don't yeah. have mine yet. Yep. Uh, I like that guess. I am going to go 43.8. I was thinking somewhere similar to wow. what you just said. Wow, wow, wow. 43.800. All right. Well, Smay uh, yes. is the lowest today, saying yes. $39,000. I, I was going to say oh, oh, I saw, You're right. You're right. You're here. I'm, I'm going to pretend you didn't hear that. Yep. 
$39,000, ladies and gentlemen. Thank yes. you. That's my prediction. There, Kelly is not here, so I'll announce his. Kelly said 44350 So uh, George and Kelly are very oh. like-minded. Uh, that's going to make it really hard on you there. But but George is the top. So if, if Bitcoin just explodes... Uh, George would win the Hoddle Trophy. I, I know earlier people were giving me a hard time going lower. I, I do, I do have concerns about Bitcoin's price staying up. I do think we're in a season manipulation. However, I do think we're gonna have some sideways action happen throughout the week. Maybe a little higher and then come down. I'm gonna say forty-one thousand. Forty-one thousand okay. is my prediction for Bitcoin's price. Let us know in chat uh, who you agree with. George, again, I'll read through them. George. At the highest, said forty four thousand five hundred. Kelly said forty four three fifty. Jeb said forty three eight hundred. Tim said forty one thousand. And Smay said thirty nine thousand. Mm. Let us know what you guys think. I'm Boom. there in the group, and we are competing for the Hoddle Trophy here. George, it was a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Hopefully, we can do it again sometime soon. And uh, guys, if you haven't subscribed to his channel, make sure you go ahead and do that. You can find the link at the top of the description. We are all George. George, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Take care, guys. Absolutely. Take care, my friend. Very much appreciate you. We have a couple super chats. We yeah, let's do it. That way. Yeah, so let's do it. Only a couple of them, so that makes it nice and easy. Tom Wilk said, patience tested is patience learned. That's right. Maybe one of the most insightful things you have said yet. We can never truly appreciate the sunny days without experiencing the rainy ones. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reminding me again. Absolutely. That contrast is important. You know, I was explaining this. I don't know if I explained this in the video or if I explained this to somebody else. I think I explained this in the video. Tim, you and I have been to Denver, right? Yeah. When you're sitting in Denver, do you know how high above sea level you are? Oh, absolutely. You're, all you can see is flat it's and just flat. mountains. You think you're at the bottom. You think you're at, but yeah. you think you're at, at zero feet elevation. Yeah. You're actually a mile above above sea level, but you don't know it because you have no you have no contrast. But you do yeah. know how tall the mountains are because you have contrast because you're at five thousand feet. Those are fourteeners over there. So it's the contrast that proves just how tall they are. So if you don't have the if you don't have the valleys, you'll never understand how high the mountains are. Mm. Yeah, we have two more here. One from Piano Matty B. Whoa, uh, let's go, in, Piano Matty B. He said, way back in the day, the first crypto YouTubers I watched were Jeb and George. Great to see them together in one stream. Boom. That's awesome. Let's go. Last one from Coins Chick saying, the honesty and integrity on this channel is so refreshing. Aww. Here's today's coffee. <laughs> Thank you so much, Coins Chick. That's all Thank we have for Super you. Chats. Well, guys, look at that. It looks like we are actually going to wrap out on time. We very much appreciate George for coming on. Make sure you go subscribe to his channel. Make sure you subscribe to this channel. We want to bring more guests on. We've got a lot of great friends in the crypto space, and we'd love to bring some of them on. Let us know if you would like that in the future. Smash that like button if you haven't already, and make sure to stay hyped for Club DeFi. The full launch is coming in a few months. We've not announced the date yet, but we're currently working on some kinks. If you were in the first, if you're in phase one of closed beta, the early adopters and you've not been able to actually sign up just yet, we're having an issue with a payment processor. It's a technical issue on PayPal side. We don't believe it's on our side, so we're working that out right now. We're working feverishly to try and get that moving in the right direction, so make sure that you stay tuned for that. We've had thousands of people try to join Club DeFi already, so that closed beta is very exclusive. There will be another round of closed beta opening up at some point in the next few weeks after we get some of the kinks ironed out of the first closed beta, and then another 200 seats will be opening up, and then full launch will be coming in the next few months, so make sure you stay tuned. We're about to dominate the cryptocurrency the education space, everything you're going to want to learn about crypto, you are going to have it there. we got 67 videos right now. We're launching. We're going to be trying to launch two courses a month. We're going to be stretching for that, but at least one course a month. CT2A was one course, just so you know. We're going to be trying to launch one course a month, and we're going to be also, we have a Discord server. We have uh, office hours where you guys are going to be able to come and ask Tim and Kelly questions and other people questions, the instructors questions, and uh, it's really just going to be great. It's going to be a grand old time. Tim, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap it out? That's all I got. Good deal. Smay, how about you? You've been pretty quiet. Um, be a remora suckerfish. 
on the whales. There we go. Mm, Yotayama, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I have no idea what you said, that, but... Uh, uh, throwback to yesterday's show. Okay, yeah, throwback to... Rest, yeah, okay, so there's something called a remora fish. It's the thing that attaches onto sharks and whales and swims with them. Ah. I'm saying you do that, and that's how you succeed. Uh, and that's kind of what George was getting at, so Boom. I think that's great. I like that analogy. That's a great analogy. Guys, that's all we got for you today. Before we go, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Follow us on all of our social media at CryptoJeb over on Instagram and Twitter at official over on TikTok. And by the way, we are on Facebook, too. Make sure to check the link out down below for that. Before I go, though, guys, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. Oh, I got a real good feeling. Got a real good feeling. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacV Media.